podcast series is called Economics Design. In this series, we'll be talking about how to design a virtual economy, chat with various designers, and run through different case studies. More generally, we'll be talking about the economic design of digital systems. They can be blockchain-based, they can be frequent flyer points-based, or they can be just video games. So let's get started. This is something that I shared, this uh, framework for token economics. I said that we are going to focus on market design this time. And market design, we're going to look at thickness, no congestion, and safety. These are the three factors that we'll look at. As I mentioned before, market design is the environment in which your tokens and participants will interact with each other. And if you Google market design, you're probably likely to find this thing called kidney transplant. Or you look at medical, medical students' job application or primary school choices. Students get to choose what kind of primary schools they want to go to, and the primary school will also approve of how many students uh, they can take in, which students they want to take in, and stuff like that. So these are examples of market design, and if you Google, there are a lot of them. But today, we're not talking about them at all. We're going to understand market design in terms of token ecosystems. And we're going to talk very specifically about decentralized digital ecosystems, your token ecosystems. Market design is a form of micro microeconomic engineering. It combines two things, science and art. How is it science? Because it's science because it uses tools and concepts as well as models and theories to create this design system. It is also an art because it uses practical design. As I mentioned before, sometimes we can make the most beautiful design on paper and theory and models, but when we're creating all these models and, and theories, we are constrained by a lot of assumptions that we make. Whereas it is a true art when you're applying them to a very practical design because then a lot of assumptions don't hold. You have to look at new variables, new constraints, or new environment and new factors that will affect your, your solution. It's an art because it's a bridge to reality. It bridges from these models and theories and assumptions that people are rational, perfect beings to reality where it's actually not the case. So it's a, it's a mix of art and science, science and art. So why is there a need for market design? Two reasons. The first one, markets are not stable. And when markets are not stable, markets are not efficient. And we don't like inefficiency. We do like efficiency. So we need to start designing stable and efficient markets. At the same time, markets also exist to promote certain kind of outcomes. These objectives and, and outcomes are why markets exist in the first place. Through market design, we can design a market that promotes the kind of outcomes that we want. How does market design resolve these problems? When markets are not stable, what we want to do is to make it safe for transactions to take place within the market. So if you think about trading your crypto kitties, I want to sell you my crypto kitties, but we don't trust the system. We don't trust the crypto kitty system. What do I do instead? I download the crypto kitties into a thumb drive, and then I meet up with you in person, and then you give me the cash, and I give you the thumb drive, and we trade outside of the ecosystem. So that really destabilizes the, the market because we want it to be safe. We want people to transact within the ecosystem. How do we resolve the problem of outcomes? What we want to do is then to add rules and constraints to encourage specific behaviors in this marketplace. What's the link to my token ecosystem? So the first one is to encourage good behaviors. Every ecosystem has an objective. So it could be stuff like stability of the currency, it could be supply tra chain tracking, it could be having a lot of options for people to choose from and transact, transact there. And we can design them through market design and encourage these good behaviors. Through market design, we can understand how the market can fail and how can we mitigate these risks. Because the other important thing is that this is a decentralized ecosystem, right? When it's decentralized, it's very difficult to manage, very difficult to govern, and there is no central authority that says, okay, this is wrong, this is not good, you have to redo. Something that's very important in market design is to understand how your market can fail and how to mitigate that risk. 
Lastly, valuation of token ecosystems. And I think this is something that everyone likes to hear a lot. Good market design encourages participants in the network and by having active participation in the network, by having you know, real value add to the network, it increases the value of your token ecosystem because people find value in it. Having good market designs allowing people to transact within the place, it adds more value to people and your value of your ecosystem will increase. What is market design? Firstly, it's a form of economic engineering. How do we design these markets? Through formal rules to govern interactions. Why do we need market design? Simply because participants are naturally non-cooperative. Unless there's an incentive for people to cooperate, there is, there is no reason for people to cooperate because people are intrinsically selfish. So what does it include? Three things. The first one is incentives, punishments, and behaviors. How is market design linked to these incentives, punishments, and behavior? We want to look at solving problems through incentives. With punishments, we want to organize markets with punishment. We solve problems through incentives and constrain bad actions with punishments. And ultimately, with behaviors, we're to allow individuals to make strategic behaviors. Which brings me to the point of why do we study market design? Traditionally, economists, we, we analyze what has happened in the past, try to understand what has happened, why, why it happened, and then apply them into ecosystem and make predictions from there. But with market design, it's slightly different. It's, it's about economic design. How do we design economics? We take a more proactive approach. We, instead of observing how markets behave, why do they do that, what can we predict from that, we can design how markets should behave. So with all these rules, incentives, punishments, we try to constrain the actions and behaviours of people in the market so that they should behave in that way that we design them to do, or we design the market to behave. This, that's a big difference. Instead of observing, predicting, we are designing proactively of how people should behave. So there's three reasons why we should study market design. The first one is new digital markets because now markets have changed. Markets are, are digital, markets are smart. There are more factors to consider in markets and the market itself can take on a lot more variables. By that, we, we can design new markets. We can make markets more efficient. Second, understanding market failure because markets fail and how can we mitigate that risk? How can we prevent such failures? How can we foresee these failures? And lastly, what is good design? Good by studying market design, we can understand what good design is and help to increase the valuation of our token ecosystem, as I mentioned before. For markets to work well, it needs three things. The first one is to provide thickness, to reduce congestion, and to make it safe for people to transact. Provide thickness is to make sure there's enough people in the in the ecosystem, there's enough um, options available so that we can reach a suitable adoption level. I know we always want to talk about mass adoption and then the whole world using your ecosystem and, and marketplace. That's good. But right now we are talking about you know, just like your MVP, your, your minimum viable uh, market size, uh, minimum viable adoption level. So we need to have enough thickness, enough participants to reach this suitable adoption level. By reducing congestions, we allow transactions to occur within the ecosystem. And how can we reduce that? How can we reduce transactions? How can we reduce congestions? so that our transactions can occur within your, your market and ecosystem. And lastly, making it safe. What do you mean by making it safe? Firstly, we have no transaction. We don't want to have transactions outside the marketplace. And we also don't want to have bad collusion behaviors. What do I mean by that? Just imagine all the bad people come together and they decide to, they decide to be validators and validate all bad transactions. We don't want that to happen. We want to make it safe. For, for markets to work well, we have to do experiments, as I mentioned, to diagnose and understand 
wider market fail, wider market succeed. And from there, we can make different kind of tweaks, different edits to the design of the market to fitness congestions of making it safe. Whatever we're talking about, it's within the, the market and within the ecosystem, within the market that we're designing. At the same time, it's important to understand that the opportunities and incentives outside of the marketplace that we're designing, and they will affect the behaviors of people because people are, are not constrained by the actions they can do within the ecosystem. There are a lot of things outside of the ecosystem, a lot of things off-chain that need to be taken into consideration when you're designing your markets because they could be one of the reasons for failure. Because if you're not incentivizing people enough to transact within your ecosystem, there are better opportunities out there. People would just go out there because people are intrinsically selfish. They want to, they will do the best action that gives them the best rewards. So what is thickness? So a market provides thickness when it makes a lot of potential transactions available. Many relevant offers can be compared. It has network externalities. So the, the main issue is that it lies in network externalities, ideas being shared together, research being shared together, IP that can help each other to promote each other, and also uh, economies of scope. So the difference between economies of scope and economies of scale is that economies of scope talks about um, having more variety and for people to choose, which is related to the second point of having relevant offers to be compared. So the example will be, let's take Airbnb as an example for these three factors. For Airbnb to be thick, you need to have a lot of potential rooms available. And it's not just in one city, but in all the major cities around the world. Have more than just one room, a lot of options available. And people can compare them easily. This has two bathrooms and that only has one bathroom. And this has like three beds and that's like two beds plus one sofa bed. And they can compare these options um, easily. And network externalities is not just about the rooms available, but maybe is it an apartment, the entire apartment that you took by yourself, or maybe it's a shared apartment, you're just taking the room, then you can interact with a local that lives there, and that person can share with you all the things that you can do in the city. And economics of scope is the kind of variety. It can be apartment, it can be a villa, it can be um, like a campsite, it can be a hotel. There's so many options available on, on Airbnb that it allows, allows thickness to fall. A, a market is congested if there's insufficient time to consider and evaluate all the options available. One problem is that there's not enough time or resources to evaluate the options. The other thing is there are no options at all. There also could be there are too many options that, you know, it's probably not even relevant, but it's just there. Or low, low transaction throughput rates. The different ways to cause congestions to happen. So for example, for Airbnb, maybe it's just way too many options that it gets very overwhelming for people. Or maybe it's peak holiday season, like try booking an Airbnb during Christmas time. The rooms are all sold out and there isn't a lot of options available. There are a lot of problems when market failure occurs or there are a lot of problems and congestions that will cause market failure to occur. And lastly is the ease of use. If it's risky to participate in the market, Individuals will try to manage that by having very selfish, selfish or bad behaviors will occur. And this is not good because benefit themselves at the risk of harming the ecosystem as a whole. Or maybe, you know, if they transact outside of the marketplace, or now you prevent other people from receiving the offer. So with Airbnb example, if I allow someone to book my place without going through the platform, then I'm reducing this option for other people to choose and book my place. So another example of safety and ease of use in Airbnb is you have a very clean layout that you can, it's easy to use. You can either choose based on the kind of neighborhood you want, based on the map and roughly where the places are, or you can choose based on the pricing that you're interested in, based on the reviews by people, based on superhost. Yeah, very easy and clean layout for you to navigate around.
or it can be various payment gateways. You can use um, credit card, debit card, whatever currencies that you want. It's all available. It's very easy to use and it's safe to use because, for example, I want to pay in a specific currency and I can do that. It's safe and easy for me to use. It also has 24 hours uh, customer service. Maybe I feel unsafe because the host is quite a creepy dude. Then I can call customer service. They can help me to move to somewhere safer. There are many ways to increase safety and ease of use for people. With that, you can encourage more activities on the ecosystem itself. That's all very nice theory and that's all, that's all good to know. But this is the important thing. How can we apply market design to your token ecosystem? Because at the end of the day, we want to apply them to your token ecosystem. We want to apply them for you to design good systems, good, good marketplaces. So first is, is thickness. How can we improve thickness in your token ecosystem? For example, we can look at the distribution protocol. So we can incentivize participation through this kind of very interesting uh, distribution protocol. We can encourage more people to join at first. We reward them from joining early, adopting the platform earlier. And because it's quite risky, we reward them higher. So it's a risk versus reward. We can also incentivize um, participation through um, this kind of reward system. The other thing is partnership. We can attract people, participants into the ecosystem, not just by, okay, uh, please come and join our ecosystem, but we can also start to do that with partnerships by having credibility, by having a lot of options and partners in the ecosystem that they can reach out as participants. So this is examples of all the partners for the Libra coin by Facebook. And look, there's so many partners available because we're talking about two-sided marketplaces. Maybe in the ideal world, all of them will accept the Libra coin. As an individual, I'm incentivized to want to join this Libra ecosystem, which adds to the thickness because more participation. Because I can use them in so many platforms. I can take Uber and pay in Libra. I can pay Libra in eBay. I can go to Spotify and instead of paying my monthly fees, I can pay it in, in Libra coins. This entices people to want to join the ecosystem because uh, to, to join your market because there's so many available partnerships, uh, so many available use cases. And partnerships is not just about the, the business side because it's a two-sided platform. It can also be, we can also look at how do we incentivize, how can we attract people from the consumer side. And lastly is bonuses. There are two big kind of bonuses, or maybe three big kind of bonuses. The first one is referral. Um, if I'm in an ecosystem and I refer you to come in and then uh, we will get some referral bonus, could be airdrop bonuses. It's quite popular for a while where you just go to conferences and people will just airdrop you all the coins that they have. Or it could be a sign-up bonus when if you buy like X number of tokens, then you get plus how many bonus. So it helps to increase thickness because especially with airdrop and the, with the referral thing, you are attracting more people to come in and use the ecosystem. With the sign-on bonus, for every thousand tokens you buy, you get 10 free tokens. And those free tokens incentivize you to share it because it's free anyway. Then as a buyer, then I want to maybe give it to someone else and encourage them to join the platform as well. So there are many different ways to increase thickness. And these are just some of the ways. There are a lot more ways that we can brainstorm. When we talk about thickness, it's related to network effects. It's like step one to getting network effects. Ultimately, you want to build your, your different kind of network effects, different types of network effects. What we want to look at thickness here is that it has to be sustainable. It has to be focused in the long term and not short term hypes. Airdrop and everyone can, can get a lot. Everyone can, can just get some tokens. But no one's using the tokens. No one is, is actually uh, utilizing your platform. You're just distributing out and people are just keeping it. So that's not real thickness. That's like a very short-term thickness thing, but not a long-term real growth in the thickness of your ecosystem. So there's something to keep in mind. The other thing is congestion. How do we reduce congestion? We can look at ways to govern uh, transactions. One thing is that there are too many transactions going on. Too many people want the transactions to be validated. 
everything's just cocked up there. There's a bottleneck, so much transaction. So what can we do? We can do stuff like um, we can break transactions. We can remove low quality transactions. We can increase the size of transactions. We can uh, meter the bandwidth of transactions. There are many ways to govern transactions. We can also do things like like charge fees. So there is, let's say, there are only a few lanes and every for transactions to to pass through, and everyone is just everyone's like a little car. Everyone wants to go through, and it's just too many people, too many, too many cars, too little space. So what can we do? We can maybe start having transaction fees or congestion fees. We can start having congestion fees. We can start having excess fees. We can charge different types of fees available so that it reduces people from being on the road. Or lastly, we can govern the validators. For example, we can have a fixed set of validators for consensus, which is your our DPoS, the delegated proofs. An example of this would be EOS. EOS that project has um I think thirty or fifty delegated proof of stake uh, valid. Delegated validators that can validate transactions. We can randomly select groups of nodes for consensus. So Cardano and Definity does that, where it has uh, this random beacon thing, and it would just randomly select groups of nodes. You have few sets of these groups of nodes to get consensus. Just different types of consensus uh, mechanisms. Or we can have we can specify super nodes with authority. So uh, MakerDAO has that, where you have different layers of governance, and there's there are like super nodes, master nodes. Some different projects have different names, but master nodes as well, where they can govern. They have authority to govern transactions and govern uh, the validators. Or you can have a proof of authority notary notes. This is more for private chains like Corda and Hyperledger Fabric, where it, you have a different type of of authority to the governors or to the the validators. So these are just different ways to reduce congestion. And this happens when you have too much thickness. This is just something to consider as your system continues to grow and a lot of transactions start to happen. Lastly, it's safety and ease of use. So we want to make it easy for people to join and make it safe for them to use the system. So firstly, to have information transparency. This is also called a reduction in, in information asymmetry. So where one person has more information than the other. So how can we in increase information transparency? How can we share more information with the parties before transacting? Staking. So we can proof of stake is one of them. We can stake safety deposits. Staking is also having skin in the game. People will less likely misbehave. If I expect people to misbehave less, then I feel safe to be to want to use the system. So examples of this would be um, Algorand and Ethereum. Safety features. So uh, you've got privacy mechanisms like um, zero knowledge proof (ZKP). Corda uses that. Zcoin uses that. Zcash uses that. A lot of privacy coins use that. Uh, zero knowledge proof. You also have um, you have stuff like Monero, where they have ring signature, ring signatures, like Monero, it's different types of privacy features. You can also look at the cryptographic agility. These are more technical stuff. And lastly, it's peer-reviewed paper. I know there are a lot of papers out there, but there are very little papers that actually that is being peer-reviewed. So you, you don't really see a lot of peer-reviewed papers. Peer-reviewed papers are just papers that's reviewed by um, other academics, so that it adds to the credibility and, and safety of the ecosystem, because now it's reviewed by some by independent third party. So that these help to these are different ways to encourage or uh, to increase safety and also ease of use of your tokens in the ecosystem. A quick summary on the market design factors. So we have three factors. We have thickness, no congestion and safety. And, and then we have the real world and crypto world example. So the, with thickness it means you just have many many participants, many options. Participants, because it's two sided, so participants is where you have a lot of people coming, um, a lot of 
participants coming to join. Options are maybe, you know, options can be from the business side or options to transact with, with the different participants with each other. So this could be in the real world, it could be the Airbnb apartment options. So you have different options available and you can you can transact, you can some of some of the smaller like motels are also on Airbnb. So you have different kind of options available. And you can have you can book the entire house, you can just book a room, you can share the room. There are many options available. In a crypto world, it's our distributions, partnerships, and bonuses. Reduce congestion. It's, an, it's quite difficult to be no congestion at all, but what we can do is to reduce congestions. Here, we're talking about the time and resources, enough time and sufficient resources to consider all the different options available. You don't want to have too much, uh, too many options or no options at all. In the real world, for example, with Airbnb, there it could be too many options and they reduce congestions by having different kind of uh, KPIs for you to compare easily like pricing or location and stuff like that, make it easier for you to go and consider your resources. Or maybe during peak season, it's quite difficult to find um, options available because a lot of them are being hooked out. So when congestion happens. In the crypto world, we can govern transactions, we can charge fees, or we can govern the different validators available. So safety, safety means safety and ease of use is where you allow transactions to happen within the ecosystem because people feel safe to transact within the ecosystem. And it's also easy to use. So in the real world, it could be the payment gateway on Airbnb, just many different payment options available. And also the 24 hours customer service. If you feel unsafe, you can just call them and they can help you with your situation. Uh, in the crypto world, we talk about uh, transparency, about staking, about privacy, cryptography, peer-reviewed papers. There are many, many ways to do that. And these are just some examples in the crypto world. There's so many more examples you can think of. Just be creative because we're des designing these systems. It's, there's no one size fit all answer it's up to your creativity these are just some ideas to get you started if you're interested in more content like this feel free to sign up to our token economics 201 course where we go in depth into understanding all the different aspects of token economics to consider as well as run through case studies and some homework to understand how to apply these concepts to designing your ecosystem just go to education.economicsdesign.com you can look at all the 10 different courses available it comes with lecture notes and video courses. So feel free to sign up to them, watch them, and learn about them. Alternatively, I'll see you next in the next episode. Bye!